All right, dudes, dudettes, you want to get an advantage over the house this fall? It is all about BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. BetQL already has sharp data for week one NFL games, so if you want an inside edge for who the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. Sharp data also available for week one college football. Some very big point spread. You'd be surprised which side of point spread sharp bettors are backing. You can stay up to date with line movement with BetQL and track lines leading up to kickoff. Their powerful algorithm provides rated best bets each week based off a detailed analysis of recent and historical team trends. Plus, if you live in New Jersey or Pennsylvania, you can claim exclusive offers right now from sports books and use BetQL's data to make the right bets. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store to download BetQL today. It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, head over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1. To get the 50% sign-up bonus today, I am Ross Tucker. Evan Silva is my co-host, at least for another week or so. Today, we've got two podcasts this week, as we've been doing. It's the show that's so nice. We do it twice. The second episode tomorrow will be my O-line tiers that you are really going to enjoy. It'll be my offensive line tiers that give you the extra added advantage edge that you need. We'll also be giving away that NFL Game Pass code on tomorrow's Fantasy Feast podcast. So make sure you find Brian's tweet at RTF podcast or look up my quote tweet at Ross Tucker NFL and just retweet it or quote tweet it and let us know why you should win the NFL Game Pass and you could be the person we announce on tomorrow's show. Today, we've got Liz Loza from Yahoo Fantasy. She is terrific. Wrote an awesome story recently that we're going to dive into uh, momentarily with Liz. Very thankful to get her on. I got to let you know who the feast entry winner is this week. Um, There's lots of ways that you can enter that contest, including taking advantage of any of the sponsors you hear on the show. Maybe it's Pro Football Focus. Who knows? They offer the most in-depth stats and analysis to give you a massive edge over your competition. Don't waste another season guessing which players to draft or fade. Use PFF Analytics to optimize every draft pick, trade offer, and DFS lineup sign-up at pff.com and use promo code PFF25 to save 25% on your order. If you're into high-stakes stuff, they've got PFF Elite, which is cool. Join PFF today and prepare to win. Go to pff.com, use promo code PFF25 to save 25% for a limited time. The winner, Kyle Glazer. Yet another Manscaped dude. Congratulations. I told you guys Manscaped was a big one. Another one is if you become a patron 
of RT Media, which is the company that produces all of the shows, Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Fantasy Feast, College Draft. Become a patron and say, hey, what I want more than anything is to get into the Fantasy Feast Redraft League. Let me know. But today's winner, Kyle Glazer. Not only, Bry, did he take advantage of the Manscaped code. This guy went to a troubling, troubling level in which he said that unless this totally creeps me out, and it does, he will manscape RT into his, yeah, that's what he'll do. So that's kind of weird, but I wanted people that were willing to go the extra mile. So I will give him credit for that. And he will be the winner this week. Maybe the loser uh, momentarily when he actually does that, but he's the winner. Do me a favor, Kyle. Don't send me a picture. I don't need a picture of that. No, thank you. What I do want before we talk to Liz, I want you guys to know that I'm a, I, I grew up a huge fan of Penn State, huge fan of the Eagles growing up. I know what it's like to be a diehard fan. I know what it's like to want to yell at the TV and not talk to anyone for the rest of the day. Well, good news. There's a show from Wondery called Sports Wars that tells the stories of some of the greatest sports rivalries of all time. Brett Favre versus Aaron Rodgers. Rafael Nadal versus Roger Federer. Shaq versus Kobe. The new season is all about college football rivalries. Oklahoma versus Texas. Georgia, Florida. Even if you didn't go to either one of these schools, you're going to love hearing how intense these rivalries are. You're not going to want to miss these stories. Stay tuned at the end of today's episode. Uh, Fantasy Feast podcast to hear a clip from Sports Wars. You're going to really enjoy it. At the end of today's episode, you are going to hear a clip from Sports Wars. For right now, though, let's get to Liz. So this is really cool because I've been, I wouldn't say it's fair to say I've been trying to get uh, Liz on for years, but I've been having Liz on my list, at least, to get on for years, knowing I wanted to get her on the show. You can absolutely, and you should, check her out on Twitter. It's spelled at L-I-Z-L-O-Z-A underscore F-F. She does a fantastic, I mean fantastic job for Yahoo. She has a story that just came out that we're going to dive into. It's her all-upside fantasy football team which i love because liz like let's be honest that that's how you win like you you need the guys with upside to cash in for you if you're in a competitive league i mean that that's the difference right it's so it's hitting those upside players but also keeping balance and while while constructing a roster in mind because you can't you can't draft deshaun jackson in every round right or you're going to get banged so you have to kind of think about who are floor players 
that will mesh well with your ceiling targets. But ceiling targets are so much more fun, right? Because I think, I mean, I know, um, Ross, you're like a dad and a husband. So in life, maybe we have to be responsible. But in fantasy football, <laughs> let's have a little bit of fun and go all upside, right? Oh, and P.S., I just have to say, um, you went to Princeton, right? I did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I went to Brown. Oh, does it? I hope does it bother you a lot that you couldn't get in to like a really good Ivy school? Oh, I mean, <laughs> only only if it bothers you because you spent all that time at eating clubs in Princeton while we were actually doing like real stuff. So wait a minute, Liz. I gotta know first of all, did you play a sport or something? Um, I was actually a competitive figure skater all through like elementary school, junior high and high school. Um, I didn't go to University of Delaware, which is the school that has the best like figure skating program. Um, right. I, I also played volleyball, but I'm five two, as most people know, I'm a tiny person. And so I wasn't a particularly good setter. So college volleyball wasn't really set up for me. No pun intended. All right. So I do. That was awesome. So my, my point of asking that was, did you get into Brown based solely on your academic merit? I would say yes. Like yes. You, you were not a recruited athlete. I did not. I did not apply as an athlete. No. Holy cow. So just so let the record show that that means Liz is definitely a thousand percent smarter than I am <laughs> because there is no chance that I would have gotten into Princeton or any of the Ivy Leagues without football. So that tells you that Liz is very, very bright among her other wonderful qualities. That's awesome, Liz. Give me um, give me the background. Give the listeners the background. That's the most important thing. We'll get into the fantasy stuff, but oh, sure. I always like to to personalize my guest first. So, so I know you went to Brown, but go before that. Where'd you grow up? How'd you get into fantasy football and how'd you get the Yahoo gig? Sure. I'll, um, I'll make it quick. I grew up in Chicago. My mom was a single mom, uh, since the time I was 13 months, I'm the only kid. So it was the her and I, um, but she was out trying to make a living. So my grandfather, who was the embodiment of the Carl Sandburg poem, if anyone knows Carl Sandburg, that's a bit of a reference, but, um, clearly I like to read as, as we've already discussed because of the Brown stuff. Um, but like world war two vet, um, grizzled guy that worked on the railroads. He was kind of my primary caregiver because my mom was busy. So he was the guy who was, you know, taking me to, to Girl Scouts and to figure skating and to any of the camps and stuff that I was in. And so I ended up learning all the stuff that if we're speaking in gender normative terms, like a boy would learn. And, um, sports became a huge, he was a giant Chicago sports fan. And he unfortunately, when I went away, he really wanted me to go to Northwestern so that I would stay close. He was really, really like, just stay close, baby, stay. And I was like, no, I want to go out east. I want to discover what all of this is about. I can't say no to Brown. So um, I went out and he unfortunately passed away the first semester of my freshman year. And I came home and as a way to grieve, I just started watching. I, I turned on the TV and the Bears were playing the Vikings. And the Bears lost because that's kind of how they do interdivisionally. And um, I then, as a way to grieve, just started watching every single football game, not just the Bears games. And that became a tradition for me. Fast forward a couple of years, I'm dating this guy. He's in this thing called the Fantasy Football League. He says to me sheepishly one Sunday morning, and I was broke. Like I was straight out of college, had no money, was waiting tables, trying to figure out my life. 
And he had something called the Red Zone Channel. And he said, do you mind if we watch this all day on Sunday um, and like kind of hang out on the sofa? And I was like, are you kidding me? Are we ordering wings or Chinese? Like, what are we doing here? That's awesome. Let's totally watch football all day. So I ended up like kind of secretly managing, co-managing his fantasy football team to a victory, to a Super Bowl victory. Next year, I wanted my own team, didn't want to share, don't like to share. So I, uh, there happened to be a spot in the league. I took it. I won the Super Bowl that year. I won the Super Bowl the next year. Then one day I was watching fantasy football live, on which I am now a cast member, which blows my mind, and thought, why are, why are there no women in this space? Like, I could do this. I should do I enjoy this. So I started a blog called thefantasyfootballgirl.com, created a real-life content, content schedule, vlogs, put myself, made it a job, like made it a third job, and then also started um, a podcast, started a Twitter feed, and just hit, like, just was grinding on it and really trying to learn from others and engage with others. And I did that for about four years before Scout noticed me, signed me to um, a season-long deal, and then Yahoo paid attention and poached me away from Scout, and I am now entering my fifth season with Yahoo Fantasy. Liz, that's amazing. First of all, both your mom and your grandpa sound awesome. Absolutely awesome. I'm just picturing your grandpa taking you you know, to Girl Scouts and all that stuff. And God bless him, man. That is, that's, that's a man's man right there. So that, that is awesome. Um, that, that really touched me. And then as for everything else, that is really interesting and cool. I guess my question was when you went to Brown and then you graduated, like, what did you think you were going to do? Or what, like, what, what did you major in? Like, well, you guys don't even have majors, right? You have no majors, <laughs> no grades. Like, what do you even we, do there? We have concentrations, Ross. Um, oh, so okay. I, um, so I will admit my first semester, not just because of my grandfather's passing, but just in general, like, I was a basic Tom girl from the Midwest who showed up wearing Birkenstocks. Like I knew nothing about rich kids, about East Coast life. Brown was very difficult for me to culturally adjust to. But I, I really wanted to study a whole bunch of stuff. So the my freshman year just kind of took everything from art history to the history of the Vietnam War to theater classes and dabbled. And then I ended up deciding to major in theater and linguistics. Uh, my mom was not going to allow me to go to college and just major in theater. So she was like, baby, you pick something else. Uh, and I speak Spanish, so I, I majored in linguistics. And um, when I graduated, I came out to L.A. wanting to have a career in entertainment and was waiting tables and trying to be an actress at the same time, booked a couple of shows and was working eventually as an actress. But it just wasn't, you know, I had my health insurance. I, If you go on IMDb, I booked plenty of things, but it just wasn't fulfilling. And I wanted to own something creatively myself. And that became the fantasy football blog. You are awesome. Like I've heard <laughs> about you from other people and stuff, but you are, you are like legitimately awesome. This is so cool. I'm loving it. You're a go-getter on so many different levels. Absolutely awesome. I'm I'm fired up even more than I already was. This is this is fantastic. What year did you graduate from Brown, by the way? Um, I graduated in. Uh, we'll talk about it offline, but you graduated ahead of me. 
<laughs> got it, got it, got it. We're keeping your age a secret, I guess. It's not I too much it. of a secret. I'm in my mid thirties, but okay, <laughs> but we right, got it, it, got it, got it. I'm well. I just turned forty, so yes, I did. I am ahead of you, so we did probably did not overlap. So all right, that everything about that is awesome. I want to dive into your uh, all upside team because I think it's yeah. a great article to write before we dive into that though speaking of yahoo liz did you know that they have officially released their week one daily fantasy football contest that's right they have a one million dollar contest for week one you're probably not eligible for this liz sorry but no management fee 100k to first place meaning more money goes back to you the players if you love liz you will love yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. If you're just getting started with daily fantasy football, join the free to enter Yahoo cup and play all season long, 150 K in weekly and season long prizes. And if you get a perfect lineup, you win a million dollars, by the way, the perfect commercial, the perfect read yahoo.com slash daily fantasy to tell you while we're about to have Liz Talk about her all upside team because that's how you win in DFS with upside people that pay off. So let's get into it, Liz. Your quarterback's Jameis Winston. I think that one most people can kind of understand, right? You know, Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit like that. That one makes sense to me. I think your running backs are interesting. Uh, Leonard Fournette as well as Dion Lewis. I was, definitely was not expecting Dion Lewis as an all upside with all the Derrick Henry talk. So let's dive into your running backs for net and Lewis. And, and I know I read your story, but sell the listeners and they should read your story by the way, as well. Just check out Liz. I told you on Twitter, her Twitter handle, she posted it up there. You can find it, but uh, I want to get a little bit from you, Liz, as to why Fournette and Lewis as your high upside dudes. So, Part of the conceit of this article, right, is that the upside is relative to a player's ADP and ability to return on investment, right? So when you're looking at Leonard Fournette and you're looking at, and I get it, like I get the burnt complaints. I owned him last year too, right? Like you've got character concerns, you've got durability concerns. He's attached to like a blech offense in theory, although I, I am optimistic about Flip coming in and maybe energizing a lot of what, what happened, what could happen this year. But Fournette's range of possible outcomes is an RB1. It has been every year since his rookie year, which is why he's continually disappointed and why everyone is so upset. So, you know, when I, I look at his situation, what competition does he have? Are we really, are we worried about Elijah Hood? I, I don't think so, right? Like there's no TJ Yeldon. There's no Carlos Hyde. Those guys were allowed to walk in free agency. The, now they've added Alfred Blue. I mean, Alfred Blue, he's averaged under 4.0 yards per carry in four of his last five seasons. And then they used a fifth round pick on this Reichwell Armstead guy who's already had a couple of dings to him in terms of his durability. So we know he's going to be a workhorse. Good luck finding one of those in the NFL, something someone who's not working in a platoon. You've got him there. And I also think when you look at this defense that Jag that the Jaguars have, I last year they disappointed. Yeah, we knew they were going to regress, regress, probably not as much as they did in 2018, but I think they're going to bounce back. They've made some improvements. And so this figures to be a pretty conservative offense that wants to establish the run. Shout out to Evan Silva, right? Whether or not you want, whether or not that's exciting in the modern day NFL, this team seems very much built around making Leonard Fournette work. And 
I think when you look at those range of possible outcomes, and we know he is one of the most powerful, one healthy running backs available in the league, when at his current ADP, shoot, you don't tell me this guy can't produce RB two numbers. I'm in. Yeah, and I would say, is this his third year or fourth year? Um, at any rate, I'm trying to look it up, but at, at any rate, I think he realizes that if he ever wants to get a second contract, that one way or the other, the time is now. So I'm kind of with you on Fournette for all the reasons you just mentioned. I called their game on uh, Thursday night against the Eagles, and it's only his Fournette's third year. But he can, he's eligible for a contract extension after this year if he has a big one. So I like I, I like the logic there for sure, especially on the backups and or lack thereof. And I and I love his motivation as well. What about uh, Dion Lewis? That's not a name I've heard a lot. That one kind of <laughs> surprised me. No, so the Dion Lewis logic is obviously. I mean, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't tied to Derrick Henry's availability this season. And yes, Derrick Henry came on week 14 just in time to win a bunch of people their fantasy championships, but his usage was suspect while Deion Lewis was used much more frequently early on in the season. And I think people have forgotten about his ability to both run inside in between tackles and also catch passes, right? We're only thinking of him as a pass catching back, but I think in PPR friendly formats that also buoys him because when you Marcus Mariota he may not even end up the starter right we're reading some reports on Roto World that seem murky about whether he and Tannehill are like the for sure starter sure it's probably Marcus Mariota but could there be a changing of the guard would anyone be surprised by that no part of that is because Marcus Mariota can't stay healthy his mechanics are a mess also Ryan Tannehill likes to check down that is good for Deion Lewis and when you look at the O-line with Taylor Luan, I mean, you're an O-line specialist, right? Uh, with Taylor Luan out for the first month, I'm guessing yeah. that Arthur Smith is going to tell his fragile QB to check down a whole bunch, just get that ball out fast. That also is a place where Deion Lewis can excel. So, again, part of this is due to his ADP. I mean, he's going in the 13th round. What else are you doing in the 13th round? Especially noting A.J. Brown, we, we're not sure. He's a rookie. We're also not sure about his availability. Delaney Walker still isn't 100%. Right now, you've got Adam Humphreys, which admittedly competes in terms of, you know, yardage with um, expected yardage with Deion Lewis. But I think at the running back position in the 13th round, if you want to throw a dart, Lewis could definitely produce RB3 minimal numbers. I thought it was funny, by the way, Liz. Uh, you know, it's because he's suspended for the first four games. The Titans played, he didn't start the game, but then he played like the whole first half, Taylor Lewan in the, in the preseason opener against the Eagles, which I thought was a little bit weird because all these teams are hesitant to get their guys hurt. But, like, you'll have your best offensive lineman play because he's suspended for the first four weeks. Like, what if he tears an Achilles or an ACL? Like, I just thought like, – I, I get it, but I, I thought that was interesting. But absolutely their offensive line isn't, isn't nearly as good with him out. And then, by the way, what if they suffer an injury at tackle one of the first four games? You know, then that's when things really get bad, when you get multiple – injuries or in this case a suspension at the same position most teams the next dude in is usually pretty good that's kind of who i was usually like you know not the guy you want starting but he's not going to lose the game for you the guy after that that guy can lose the game for you 
And that, that guy can be a major, major problem. So I like, I like your logic there. Let's get to your receivers. Uh, Dante Moncrief, who I can absolutely understand, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which is interesting. Is there enough there for Marquez Valdez-Scantling to eat opposite Devontae Adams, Liz? That is an excellent point, and that is the biggest question because it's very. it could be very much that the Packers' three main players are Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, if he stays healthy, and Devontae Adams. So what's left? I, I, you know, I'm not sure, but I do know that MVS is probably the most athletic of these receivers. He's going to have some big, some big games. If you're playing best ball, go ahead and roll him out. What boggles my mind and why I wanted to include him in this article is that Gmo is being drafted ahead of him. That to me is such simplistic plug and play rationale. Gmo, who is the only reason he's going to be the big slot guy is because he's not explosive enough. He can't make separation enough on the outside to take the number two spot. MVS, find you a man who can do both, right? Like he can definitely work outside and in. He did that last year he and Rodgers have been working on their timing when Aaron Rodgers starts talking up a player and we're looking you know in a post Taylor Dunn article life lifespan here I am paying attention and so I I think MVS has huge breakout potential and again he's so damn cheap like why are you not reach you know you don't even have to reach from he will fall in your lap and the upside is there he earned his quarterback's trust he's been prioritized by the coaching staff and he also just for stats if people like these um he caught 23 of 28 catchable targets via the slot and also brought down 14 of 17 balls when working on the outside so his versatility is great. Geronimo Allison has not been particularly durable or dependable. So I think you could see an expanded role, especially with Randall Cobb no longer part of that offense and those targets being fed at least partially to MBS. Find somebody that calls the Packers wide receivers MVS and GMO. That's my that's my advice <laughs> for everybody out there. How about Dante Moncrief with the Steelers? I mean, I have been on this take since oh April, so it's catching up. Part of the reason I included it was because I, you know, am doing a little bit of that fantasy football writer. This was my flag first, sort of thing. <laughs> so, um, I I just look at and you know, people are like liking James Washington now, right? Because of his first preseason action where he hooked up with Rudolph, his former quarterback, and I think he had a nice forty four plus yard bomb from Josh Dobbs in like the first opening moments of the of last week's preseason action. But I I just feel like Moncrief is a red zone weapon and this team is going to need to score some damn touchdowns. You Big Ben is going to need to, I mean, okay, we could talk about Vance McDonald, but every damn year is Vance McDonald's supposed year. I like Dante Moncrief. He is a big body. He caught seven touchdowns with Andrew Luck two years ago when Luck was healthy. I like that he has a nice quarterback in Big Ben. I like that Big Ben's been talking him up. And, you know, he's probably not going to have a ton of targets every week, right? This isn't the guy that's your high-volume guy. This is your high-value target guy because a lot of those are going to be in the end zone. Tight end time, Liz. And this guy, uh, there's a lot of hype. Mark Andrews, mm-hmm. tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of hype for a guy, by the way. That was, what, a fourth-round pick the same year as they had a first-round pick tight end. But, man, I read the Baltimore writers, and they're saying he was by far the best player in camp so far, which is interesting. 
you know, I was I remember him in the U.S. Army Bowl. I called that game for NBC, and he was excellent. People are all into Mark Andrews. Has it caught up to his ADP yet, Liz? It's starting to. I don't like it. It is starting to. The buzz, well, because of what you said, right, it's not just that beat writers are are saying that he's the most explosive playmaker in camp. They've been saying that throughout spring and summer practices. That's the drumbeat that people talk about. It is becoming deafening. The buzz is mounting. This is also a converted wide receiver, right, um, a high percentile spark athlete, And he was used in college to bail out his QB numerous times. So I like what he's doing. Um, Last year, he flashed, right? He had, uh, let's see, two grabs over 60 yards last year, which is incredible for a rookie. And I look at this receiving core, and there is a lot of potential. Miles Boykin, who I like to call Kenny Galladay 2.0. Um, he has potential. Marquise Brown could do something if he'd get on the field. Otherwise, though, if I'm looking at the players who could bail out a explosive, admittedly, but quarterback who struggles with accuracy, I think a big-bodied athletic tight end is exactly what Lamar Jackson needs. And that's why you're seeing all these reports about their growing chemistry. So I have him projected for 53 grabs, 678 yards, and five touchdowns. When you look at those double-digit rounds where he is still available, especially at a position as volatile as tight end, I'm taking it. Her name is Liz Loza. You need to check out her stories over at Yahoo, including the all upside fantasy football team. If you want to read more, she has a lot of stuff there on Jameis Winston. I think most people intuitively understand that one. You can check her out on Twitter and Instagram at Liz Loza underscore Fantasy football, FF, I shouldn't say, FF, at Liz Loza underscore FF. Where else are people reading you, seeing you, the TV show? Make sure, Liz, podcast, whatever. Make sure everybody knows everything you got going for this season. Oh, there is a ton. So, yes, um, I do a podcast twice a week called the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. You can subscribe to that. We have a great time. We have tons of guests on. Ross, please come on. We'd love to have you on as well. Um, I will be joining the cast of Fantasy Football Live for the fifth year, although the show is now, I think, in its 14th year. And that begins 90 minutes before kickoff every Sunday, beginning with week one. Um, And uh, I'm also doing a new show this year that's going to premiere the first Monday night. What is that? September 9th, September 10th. It's all just Thursday. I don't even. What is the first Sunday action. September 9th. September 9th 9th. is the first Monday night. September 10th, my new show, Cover 3, with Kimberly Martin and Grishel Gringus will premiere. We're going to have lots of cool guests. In fact, I'm rolling from this into a conference call, a video chat with a guest that will be incredible. So check out Cover 3 when it premieres on September 9th as well. Um, And yeah, follow me on the socials. And there's articles, there's podcasts, there's TV shows. You can't miss me. She is a multimedia fantasy football star, and her backstory is amazing. You just heard it. I love it. I didn't know it before. Uh, I'm even more of a fan now than I was before for a lot of different reasons. Even though you weren't able to go to the number one school in the country, you still went to a good school. There's nothing to be ashamed of about that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Dude, if, if you listen to me on this podcast a lot and you listen to Liz for 20 minutes, you already know she's way smarter than me. That's very, very obvious. At Liz, I'd be happy to come on your show. If you need a little uh, 
O-line insight to help you differentiate between a few guys, certainly let me know. Thanks so much. Keep killing it. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Ron. Have a good one. Bye-bye. That was awesome. Really, really enjoyed that. By the way, there's even more fantasy content you can get from my dudes over at CBS Sports HQ, the network that streams 24-7. They've got fantasy experts there to help you all season. If you like to watch stuff, like watch some fantasy content, they're all over it. So whether you play DFS or season long, they'll give you the info you need to make the right choices for your lineups every day. They'll also bring you the latest news, highlights, previews, and recaps from around the sports world. No politics, no fake debates, just sports for real sports fans. The best news of all, free. I don't mean free for a week or month. I mean like totally free. You don't even need to log in. Just open the CBS Sports app and watch anytime from anywhere on your phone or at home on your Apple TV, Roku, or Fire TV. Couldn't be easier. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. That'll do it for this show today. Tomorrow, my O-line tiers. By the way, we also have the Even Money podcast, which we will be launching late tonight, Monday night edition. Don't do that very often. We'll be launching and posting the even money podcast you can check out today we also had jimmy trainer from sports illustrated talking about uh the media landscape for this year on the ross tucker football podcast but other than that for right now i am stuffed we're done make sure you listen to my o-line tears tomorrow please thanks for listening to the fantasy feast podcast make sure to also subscribe to the ross tucker football podcast even money business of sports and the college draft all available at apple podcasts ross tucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found it's october 27th 2007 Mark Richt, Georgia football's head coach, strolls across the turf of Municipal Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida. In just 30 minutes, his Bulldogs will kick off against the Florida Gators. And for once, Richt is brimming with confidence. Both teams are now 5-2, so neither's really in national championship contention. But for Richt, this is still the most important game he's ever coached. It's chillier than usual today in Jacksonville, the city that's hosted pretty much every Florida-Georgia game since the 1930s. Jacksonville is supposed to be a neutral game site, but it doesn't feel that way to Richt. It's in Florida, for crying out loud, and a game called the Gator Bowl is played here. How could it be neutral, Richt thinks, as he looks up at a sea of orange and blue Gator fans. The Gators brought the Bulldogs to heel in five of their last six matchups. It's given Florida a huge mental edge and made the buttoned-up Georgia coach desperate enough to do something crazy. At least for him. Something with swagger, maybe a little arrogance. Something to get some fire in his squad's belly, even if it pisses off some football purists. Something, in other words, very unmark rick like In seven seasons at Georgia, Richt has built a reputation as a man of faith whose quiet decency stands out in the cutthroat world of college football. For him, it's simple. You win with integrity. You lose with integrity. It's the Georgia way. 
That's what makes this, right now, the most off-the-wall moment of Mark Rick's entire career. As kickoff approaches, Rick makes his way back to the cramped locker room, stands before his players, and reminds them of his plan to snap their losing streak. He tells them, if you don't get a celebration penalty after our first score, you'll all be doing early morning runs. Welcome to Jacksonville and the 75th encounter at this site between these two better rivals. However, you need two to compete if you're going to have a real rivalry, and Georgia has lost, as we said, 15 of the last 17. Almost nine minutes into a scoreless game with Georgia facing third and goal at the Florida one-yard line, star running back Noshan Moreno takes a handoff and jumps over the pile of linemen in front of him. Moreno up over the top, Georgia, touchdown. And here comes the entire team, watch this, for excessive celebration. We may have 15 hankies in the air on this one. I can't believe this. This was planned. This was absolutely planned. Mark Rick decided that he is going to try to fire his team up. He's tired of Florida having the psychological advantage. He's willing to give up the penalty. Nearly every Georgia player on the sideline rushes the field. Penalty flags fly in every direction. The CBS cameras swing to the other sideline, anticipating a reaction from the Gators. Tim Tebow, Florida's phenomenally talented sophomore quarterback, looks confused. So does Tebow's coach, Urban Meyer. Meyer is frantically waving his Florida players off the field to avoid pointless penalties. Meanwhile, Rick takes it all in happily and knows his plan worked. The Gators are rattled. As the second half unfolds, Georgia still doesn't give away its lead. Here's Stafford. Marino. Georgia, touchdown. The Bulldogs match every Tebow touchdown with one of their own and win the game 42-30. For the first time in years, the Florida-Georgia game lives up to the hype. A rivalry that's been uneven in the last decade is incredible once again. Georgia's full-team touchdown celebration quickly gets a nickname in the media. The Gator Stomp. Richt is thrilled, but he's created an unexpected new problem. While he made the rivalry competitive again, he also just encouraged Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, and the entire Florida team to spend the next 364 days plotting their revenge. That was just a preview of Sports Wars. To hear the rest of the story, subscribe to Sports Wars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now.